0: I can't believe what a bad influence you are. Who's beefed in your borscht? I'm just trying to do my part, okay? Come to town unexpectedly, create tension with the brother-in-law, stir up trouble with the rugrats, and ultimately give you grief. I mean, that's what you wanted, isn't it? What happened to your accent? What happened to yours? Details are fuzzy, man. I got shot like a chump in the street for no reason at all, and next thing I know, I heard you calling me. I knew you needed me. From Providence, Rhode Island, welcome to the MCU Diaries. It's a podcast dedicated to every Marvel Studios series on Disney Plus. So sit back, relax, and let's break down Earth's mightiest heroes. Welcome back, everybody. I'm your host, Blake Larson, for today's essay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to this show, as always, and we are chugging along. And let me say, something ain't right in Westview. (laughs) I don't think it's that much of a leap to say that, but there is a lot of things happening in Westview and on our screens with WandaVision that will certainly give you clues that stuff isn't right. Sure, it's all the the freakish people sitting on the outskirts of the town just doing nothing, or maybe uh, Agnes freaking out in the car. But there's also some other stuff happening here, too, that leads you to believe that, yeah, I don't know, man. I just don't know. And it really centers around Pietro. Uh, in this episode, and really what we just played at the beginning of our episode here. We will get to that, though, in a little bit, because of today, we're, of course, we're talking about episode 106, all new Halloween Spooktacular, and what an episode it was. So before we get into that, I want to remind you that you can go to maryandblake.com check out all the great podcasts that we have there whether it is about outlander or bridgerton or harry potter or currently we're doing this as us right now we got a lot of things happening at maryandblake.com and if you ever want to get in touch with me you can just reach out on all the various social media platforms whether it is facebook or twitter or youtube or instagram just look up mary and blake we are there and we're having fun, man. We are having fun, especially in our Facebook group, just the Mary and Blake Facebook group. It is something you definitely do not want to miss out on. We get to talk about episodes like this, episode 106, all new Halloween Spooktacular. There we go. I don't know why I have such a hard time with these intros. I, I don't get it. But that's okay. We're moving on to the fun pot. We're going to be talking this episode right now. One division, one, one division, one. WandaVision, WandaVision, WandaVision. WandaVision. That's right. WandaVision episode 106, as always, is directed by Matt Shackman. We have two credited writers on this episode. The first one is Chuck Hayward. I don't know if maybe uh, Tyler Hayward has uh, gotten his namesake from this guy. I don't know, but it would be fun to think of it. Chuck has written on a bunch of different shows and has gotten some credits for movies under his uh, under his belt as well. Beginning all the way back in 2011, we have the highlights being uh, TV series Wendell and Vinny, One Big Happy, uh, Cooper Barrett's Guide to Surviving Life, and recently... The latest credits are Dear White People, on which he served as executive story editor, and also has a couple of written by credits, and the show Mixed-Ish. This is his only credit for Wandavision. And the other one name that you should you should recognize from last episode is Peter Cameron. He has a written by credit for last episode on a very special episode. Now, as it relates to this episode, 106, all new Halloween spooktacular, this is certainly a creepy experiment framed by what I would consider um, an existential crisis, where the devil is certainly in the details. But I will admit it, I love WandaVision. I love it for everything that it is for what it isn't, and for what it really, 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 really wants to be. As for what WandaVision is, I would say that it's an effective deconstruction of mental health, grief, and the sum of uh, various emotional traumas on the world's most powerful being. That, of course, being Wanda. It's the show weird, is. it's eclectic, It's. it's weird, it's... Definitely not ashamed of leaning into its strange appeal. What it's not, though, so far... So far, I don't think it's a good amalgam of the MCU aspect. Between that and the the Wanda vision of it all, right? I don't think S.W.O.R.D. is particularly meshed well with the show so far. And I don't think the MCU aspect is meshed well with the the functional weirdness of Wanda's grief-laden world. That doesn't mean it's bad. It just means I, I don't think it has its footing yet in what it exists in, in terms of the MCU. As for what WandaVision really wants to be... I think it really wants to be a great subversion of our TV culture through the lens of one of the greatest cinematic achievements in history of film. I mean, that being, of course, the MCU. It's great to tell stories like this about grief with the mask of a bigger story. A couple of examples like this would be um, 10 Cloverfield Lane, which was... It was just meant to be a, a film unto itself, a psychological thriller, but then they attached the Cloverfield aspect to that film. And it was a great film, but it had the backing of this larger universe. The same thing would go with a movie like Prometheus. Prometheus was just a film unto itself about creation and what it means to be created. But then it had the backing of the Alien franchise behind it. And I think that's what's happening here. This is just a good story, WandaVision, with the backing of the MCU. So our starting point for our exploration today, I think, is that very subversion of the various television tropes WandaVision has, I think, navigated with deft grace. And while the previous iterations of Wander's Wizarding Wheezes have explored various tropes of generational television shows, you know, being that of uh, The Dick Van Dyke Show, Bewitched, The Brady Bunch, Full House, it wasn't until this episode's desire to spoof uh, Malcolm in the Middle did the purpose of the deconstruction actually occur to me. So far, with each successive episode, a little bit more distrust and cynicism has been introduced to Wanda and Vision's very special relationship. As more questions start popping up, whether it be about Agnes, or why Herb is cutting into the wall, uh, where Monica suddenly disappeared to, or even the haunting interactions with Agnes and Norm, the idyllic nature of Wanda and Vision's marriage seems to slowly shed its skin. In in other words, you know, that veneer that has been created for Westview and WandaVision, the show that we're watching within our show, that veneer is breaking down. And so too is the depiction of each show, in quotes, that loses that perfect shine that we had at the beginning of WandaVision. Now, at the beginning of WandaVision, we are talking about shows like The Dick Van Dyke Show and those early sitcoms. And it's no secret that that thin, happy veneer of television during that time and during that era was really nothing more than escapist fantasy for people who were looking to extricate themselves from the overwhelming tension of nuclear war with the Soviet Union or really even fear of... Senator Joseph McCarthy's Red Scare when he was just blaming everybody for being a communist. Yeah, you're a communist, Joe. Sure, you're a communist. We're bringing you to the Senate. We're going to put you on trial. Oh, that was a scary time, man. So, when it comes to that era of television, every ounce of the product on the screen, it it had to be perfect. All the cracks painted over with silly little hijinks and an immediate resolution of any really conflict and any conflict that existed was a minor one but at best. All of these conflicts had to end by uh, the end of the episode. And all of them, whatever they were befalling our main characters, usually ended with a happy kiss and a smile. This was extremely evident in episode 101 and really 102 of WandaVision, when both of our characters, Wanda and Vision, sit down in front of the TV, smile, point the clicker, Towards the television set, and we cut to the credits. And as each episode has progressed since, though, the generation of TV that it is trying to deconstruct has switched to match the current state of Wanda and Vision's marriage. While episode two explored the still relatively idyllic nature of a show like Bewitched, our couple's beds were pushed together, which signaled a developing maturity in their relationship and what's more is that an inkling of doubt was cast via dotty and the sudden appearance of geraldine who we all know now is is monica even more questions arise in episodes three and five we're, we're skipping four because four was really uh, a look back on uh, monica's time outside of the bubble and then getting into the bubble But three and five, there is the growing distrust between Wanda and Vision. And it becomes more evident in the evolution of the more breadth and the variation in the television style that we're watching. Moving from the idealized era of the Dick Van Dyke show to the more realistic and emotionally aware versions of what would be considered the, the Brady Bunch and Full House, the expression of mistrust culminates in this episode's depiction of Wanda and Vision through the lens of the early 2000s, Malcolm in the Middle. You can feel Wanda losing her grip on reality, and Vision clearly senses that there's major issues with the amount of truth being levied between he and his wife. In no way, shape, or form would we ever see Vision lie to his wife about the Neighborhood Watch in those early episodes. But we do here. And Paul Bettany channels his inner Malcolm in the Middle era, Brian Cranston, in like this painful and truly awkward interactions with Wanda. Because it seems like he's just trying to keep it together <laughs> as a devoted husband to her. And he's playing a role and he's, he's freaking out. Where this episode really falters, though is the MCU connective tissue. Well, I mean, it's not the MCU-ness, right, that falters in and of itself, so much as it was how it was executed. To be honest, the engineering of how Darcy and Jimmy Woo and Monica are able to break uh, free of their sword captors and then hack... (laughs) quotes into a government agency's security system and then escape the scene unscathed oh man lazy writing at best sure maybe agent wu has some training and i'm sure monica does too but they just knock out trained agents with a couple of punches and no one noticed this this at all or wu is suddenly an expert at hot wiring cars why What, because he's a cop at heart? And obviously, of course, I mean, without a doubt, we all know this, all cops know how to hotwire cars, right? (laughs) Oh, yes, and Darcy. She's able to break into SWORD and see all these highly classified documents with a couple of keystrokes and a dash of computer magic? Come on, man. I get that the writers need our three favorite dorks to be free of their detainers to acquire the sensitive information that uh, Director Hayward, who suddenly has taken a very sharp left turn into horrible boss, to know that he has a way to look into the hex, as well as a a project called Cataract under (laughs) what would I consider to be double secret probation. But... Listen, if any of the writers are listening to this, and I doubt that you are, but if you are, on the off chance, I want you to hear me out. Just because you have made Darcy a full-fledged scientist now that she is an actual doctor, that does not mean her profession also suddenly equates her to being Elliot from Mr. Robot. She can't just hack things up because she's a doctor and she's a computer whiz or, or because she's a scientist those don't go hand in hand they sometimes can but they don't always and for us to just make that leap she can hack into these government files like it's no big deal or Sword isn't some heavily funded agency come on man it frustrates me it reminds me of the the whole thing with the drone with 80s tech (laughs) it's so lazy Oddly enough, though, despite what it feels like the writers painting themselves into a corner with Wu and Monica and Darcy, like how they did with uh, the the drone in the 80s tech, they actually nail everything concerning Wanda and Pietro. It's so good, in fact, that you can kind of tell that the weirdness of Westview when Wanda envisioned Pietro is really where their hearts Truly lie, and it seems like they're just muscling through our dork trio just to make sure that they meet <laughs> the contractual obligations to Marvel. That they like, yeah, okay, this is the MCU. Here's our, here's Wu and Darcy and Monica, and yep, here's some connections. Okay, again, referring back to, we want to tell this great story about grief and trauma that just happens to have connect, connect, uh, sorry, connectivity to the MCU, as opposed to we want to tell a great MCU story about trauma and grief. So pushing through that lazy writing of all the dork trio, right? Pushing through all that is absolutely worth the cost of admission for, I think, is the exquisite interaction between Wanda and Pietro. Something is off with Pietro. And I I think we all feel it, but we just can't quite put a finger on it. I mean, even Wanda seems to test his knowledge of their childhood and questions the absence of his Sokovian accent. His response is that his childhood details are fuzzy or that Wanda remembers their experiences differently. Or his retort to Wanda's accent question, well, what happened to yours? I mean, that is slick enough to make even Saul Goodman blush. (laughs) but that doesn't make it right. That doesn't make him right. Something is definitely off about Pietro, but it isn't necessarily his cagey responses or the extremely personal questions. He keeps asking of Wanda, like, how did you do this? How'd you build this? Where'd the kids come from? Or his extremely manipulative mom and dad would have loved it here. Like I said, The devil is in the details. There are two major points of contention, which prove to me that Pietro ain't all he's made out to be so far. Number one, Pietro says you can't kill your dead husband a second time. In response, Wanda (laughs) bodies him into the center of the earth, which goes to show you how viscerally Wanda feels for vision and how little right now she seems to trust Pietro to be the real deal. But I have a question. How does Pietro know that Vision already died before all this? Vision died after Pietro died. Now, there is a rational explanation. Did Wanda and he have a conversation off screen about Vision? Sure. Maybe. Quite possibly. But I feel like that's a big conversation to have... And for that conversation to not be documented, that feels a little disingenuous. Again, this is not a slight on the writers. I think this is just a clue. Perhaps Wanda is so overcome with grief and perhaps even relief that her brother is back in her life that she's not paying attention to the small details like that. She wouldn't necessarily question the timeline of events because she's not an mcu dork like me (laughs) or you for that matter here's the second question pietro also notes that he doesn't know how he got to westview which in and of itself fine here's the problem one minute he says he was getting shot in the streets of sokovia where he died like a chump for no reason and then he was in westview because he heard Wanda calling him. This is where, like, you know that famous Britney gif <laughs> of her uh, on uh, the X Factor, and she's like, "Wait, looking around, like, wait, hold on, what?" This is this is what I would I would channel, <laughs> and then I would channel, no, nope, 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 nope. Actually, you know what? I'll play this. Shame. Hell no. This new Pietro may be the new wacky Uncle Petey, but even this version, if he truly was Pietro, would know that he did not die like a chump in Sokovia. Oh no, Pietro's death in Avengers Age of Ultron was, on a story level, the culmination of his entire arc, moving beyond protecting just he and his sister and rescuing hawkeye as well as a sokovian child from being shot by ultron that is what changed in pietro for that movie he stopped thinking about he and his sister and moved on to help other people especially someone who was connected to the avengers someone who was connected to tony stark and he saved a kid at the same time In essence, he allows this child that he saves to live free of the fear and trauma from which Pietro and and Wanda suffered while waiting for that explosion of a Stark-built bomb which landed in his living room that he describes in Age of Ultron. He did not die like a chump. Nope. No way, man. He died a hero. This is interesting because... It could be a fun bit of subversion. I like the poetic nature of taking this seminal moment of realities, crossing with each other, that being the multiverse, and possibly Wanda ripping a slice into reality and allowing the um, intermingling of these multiverses and then turning that once sacred relationship between Pietro and Wanda against itself by defiling that love with Evan Peters' Quicksilver. If that is what showrunner Jack Schaefer is doing here, well, that that would be interesting. That would be extremely intelligent, emotionally intelligent, it, it, the 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 literacy of this decision would be extremely intelligent. No matter what, though, I, I'm going to tell you that this guy ain't Pietro. So if he's not Pietro, then who is he? I think there are some theories go, uh, flying around that he's actually Mephisto. And if Agnes is actually Agatha Hartness, which a lot of the nerds have been speculating from the beginning, then Mephisto would actually make sense. Now, I know a lot of you don't know who Mephisto is. I don't expect you to. (laughs) Don't worry about it. That's totally understandable. A quick summary is this. Mephisto is a bad news dude who is very powerful. In the comics, Mephisto claims to have been created, along with many other demons, by the supreme being whose suicide resulted in the creation of the Marvel Universe, as well as the Infinity Gems. He also claimed that his total evil nature is because the supreme being did not choose to make him good, as that being had no concept of good. In the comics, it's actually Agatha Harkness, who is, again, possibly Agnes in WandaVision, who claims that Wanda's children were the physical manifestations of Mephisto's soul, and she facilitates them being reabsorbed back into him. <laughs> it's a long story, just go with it. Instead of trying to help take back Wanda's children from Mephisto, Agatha actually tries to just instead wipe Wanda's mind of her kids, which leads to a little storyline that we've all been talking about for quite some time called The House of M, wherein Wanda loses her mind, rearranges the very fabric of reality within her powers, and you know, just no big deal, right? Oh, here's a fun little aside too. When Wanda finds out what agatha does to her by trying to wipe her mind of her children wanda straight up murders her in cold blood (laughs) just straight up kills her keep that in mind so is pietro mephisto a known associate of the witch agatha harkness (sighs) well your guess is as good as mine as of right now nobody knows (laughs) no one's gonna pretend to know it's just an idea but if he is It would make a lot of sense. And if this is where the story is going, well, oh boy, be prepared to have your heart broken into a kabillion little pieces when Wanda's kids die and Wanda goes full villain. Time for Apropos of Nothing for WandaVision episode 106, all new Halloween spooktacular. I keep wanting to say spectacular, but whatever. First, Herb's definitely in on whatever is going on at Westview. He asks, hey, you want something changed to Wanda? Just like Agnes when she says, should we redo that take from the previous episode? Number two, speaking of Agnes, I know I keep beating this drum, but something is up with her. Yes, I know she's apparently under Wanda's control as she waited at the edge of town at that street at the crossing. But that act she put on with vision when he used his vision magic, that was a little thick for me. Here's the deal. If it was just an act, why is she provoking vision? Is it to expand the hex? Third... Vision, oh my goodness gracious, bless your vibranium core. <laughs> you played, if if this is the, indeed the case, you played right into Agnes's hands if she really is manipulating the situation. You tried to go out of the hex, almost got disintegrated, and then told everybody that it was Wanda, essentially, who was the bad guy. Great job, bro. <laughs> Fourth, I love how all the sword guys get turned into clowns. Yeah, that's it. Just love it. Fifth, Darcy gets swallowed by the Hex. How much do you want to bet that she'll be a court jester or something? (laughs) Sixth, transformations are abound in the Hex, and it's no different for Monica. She has been in and out of there twice, and she is informed that if she goes back, her DNA will be rewritten. Will she get mysterious powers too, eventually? Seventh, those people stuck doing menial tasks in their yards on the edge of town? Just stuck doing movements of putting laundry up or doing whatever? Oh my god, nightmare fuel. That is misery. I Oh my goodness gracious, no. Nope, 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 nope. Eighth, the shot of vision overlooking the town when he's up in the air after he's flown is gorgeous. But it's the sound editing that makes this. You can hear the sound go from loud and vibrant as he looks at the town to deafening silence as he observes the other nightmare-fuel part of town. It's great visual storytelling and audio storytelling. Show me, don't tell me. Ninth, the only thing that can prove my Mephisto theory wrong is when Pietro asks how Wanda pulled off everything at Westview. Her response was that she didn't know. All she remembered was that she was alone and felt endless nothingness. At which point she turns to Pietro, and he, like Vision, was a lifeless corpse with fresh bullet holes from Age of Ultron. Did she actually reanimate Pietro and lose control over his appearance when she talked about her grief? I mean, if it's true for Vision... Why isn't it true for Pietro? Or is this some deep-rooted Legilimens charm work coming from Agnes or Mephisto? Time will tell. Here's another thought as I'm thinking about this, too. What if I'm wrong about Vision? She may have witnessed him as being a lifeless corpse. And if Pietro is not Pietro, is she just having PTSD? Is she seeing these people as what she knows is reality? That's another good question. Lastly, there is great fan service, including the comic version, costumes of Scarlet Witch, Vision, and actually even Quicksilver. I loved every second of seeing these Uh, these costumes. It was really cool. And uh, especially for a comic book dork like me, it was fun to watch. And to see those costumes actually be chintzy and cheap, but actually on screen. Good, 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 good fan service in a fun and interesting way to do so. So that is it, ladies and gents. Thank you so much. I think it's about time we uh, close this bad boy out. So go to maryandblake.com, check out all the great podcasts and blogs that we have over there. Even check out the Mary and Blake Facebook group. But the place that I really want you to check out if you find value and uh, good nerd times in these podcasts, I want you to go to jointhenerdclan.com. That is the most special community that we have where you get great perks like bonus podcasts and premium episodes and uh, free swag and book clubs uh, in the community aspect of it all too. You get early access to all of our podcasts before they get uh, released to the public. It's a great place and a great place to just be yourself, to be a part of a community of people that love whatever they love and they just want to talk about it and dive deep in the way that we are doing it here in the MCU Diaries. We are more than halfway through our uh, journey through WandaVision here. I can't wait to keep going with you. I can't wait to get to the finale and talk about this series as a whole. Hopefully everything will be recontextualized and uh, reimagined for the truth uh, once we see the uh, finale. That's it for now. Until the next time, ladies and gents, I'll see you next episode.